Hello, this is Gary Van Wormerdam with the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast from PathwayToHappiness.com. And this podcast episode is an excerpt from a talk I did at one of my retreats in Mexico about your attention and beliefs and their relationship. And maybe on the inhale, tighten your neck and your jaw and your face. And scrunch your face and tighten it up on the inhale. And then exhale and let it relax and release. And take a couple more breaths to relax and release. Notice each one, you can go a little bit deeper. Maybe it's just one or two percent. Just a little deeper. And maybe on the inhale, tighten all your legs from your hips to your toes. Ah, Squeeze everything in your lower body and exhale and let it relax. And a few more exhales, letting that whole part of your body relax. And just let your awareness rest, scan your body, any area you might be holding tension. And notice just that little bit of deepening and relaxation you can do with an exhale. Maybe we're not trying to get to perfect relaxation But maybe being comfortable with whatever is tight and uncomfortable will be just fine. So. When studying with Miguel, sometimes he would say things, or maybe give a whole top on a talk on a topic. Sometimes it was one line. Sometimes it was a whole talk on a topic. And maybe, maybe I thought about it for a little bit, and like thought I really got it. And six months later, I'd be working through something, and I'd be like. Words of his would come echoing back, pounding on this topic, this thing that was bothering me, until it's like I understood what he was saying completely differently. And I thought, and it would crack whatever was being held in me. So it's like he had planted these seeds, consciousness, and things that I'd need along the way. One of the things he said, sometimes just as a passing comment, sometimes as a whole talk, was 
Do you use your attention to control your beliefs? Or do your beliefs control your attention? Do you use your attention to control your beliefs? Or do your beliefs control your attention? And I consider Miguel a genius, so... But his understanding what he was saying had so many layers to it, it took me a long time to see the significance of something just like that. Like, well, if I can control my attention, I can not suffer. If I can control my attention, I cannot believe my story, therefore not suffer. If I control my attention, I can just put in my breath and relax my body while whatever's going on is going on and be comfortable and at peace with myself. And if I didn't control my attention, if the, the beliefs, which showed up as stories, judge and victim typically, princess, expectations, if that was directing my attention, it of course would direct it towards the most painful stuff it could come up with maximize the emotions that were unpleasant. Keep me up so I couldn't sleep at night. Get me in a debate with should it be this way or should it be that way and then get me frustrated that I was having this conversation that was pointless and then I was my attention would take over by the frustration and get mad at the story that was pretty stupid and keeping me up at night. And that was the significance of my beliefs controlling my attention. It was telling me what story to be in, how to feel. <laughs> Would jack up my emotions, my nervous system. Or could I control my attention? Look at it like, oh my God, this is a bunch of nonsense. It's really silly. <laughs> to have me, a human being, a, a master magician at make-believe, be caught up in something I made believe. Not that I'm a master magician any different than you're a master magician, but we're masters of make-believe, right? Since we were little kids, we've been making believe. And here's something that a little kid would just make believe and then drop and go on. I had lost control over. And of course, at that point, I was the mature, powerful man adult who was successful and accomplished and was smart and educated and 
oh, by the way, with lots of self-importance and didn't have any control over my attention. So this one line, it's like, what's happening? Do you use your attention to control your beliefs, or you could say control your dream? Or do your beliefs, your dreams, control your attention? And it would be many months and years over time that I would see the significance of that profound difference. The difference between being played, being dreamed, often suffering, and being happy. What we like to, he would say later, it's like, well, you could be stupid or you could be happy. So what I wanted to do here was an exercise in using our attention to redirect our beliefs. And you might get a completely different mental model of the world. And if you don't like it, that's fine. You don't have to use it. You might find it a lot more peaceful and make a lot more sense and fit with reality. But you might want to go back to your old one, or maybe your old one pulls your attention back and drags you back into it, not wanting to let you go of it. Let's use this exercise as like, okay, how can we use our attention to control our beliefs? So of course there's simple ones. Little beliefs we get as kids, you know, might be, Oh, if you're nice to other people, they will be nice to you. Simple enough, right? And we make a rule on our brain that this is how we're going to act with people, and then we can make sure that they're nice to us. And of course, it works often enough. Enough people are playing by these rules and little kids when you're nice and they're nice back. And it works and it seems like this is true. This story and this rule is true. And it maps to how other people behave. So I'm going to use it to understand other people's behavior. I have my mental model of their behavior. The rules that they follow and rules that I follow. And if I follow the rules, people will play this way with me. And this is important to take the belief about how people behave separate from how they behave. It all looks congruent, and you don't notice that you're working by the rule until somebody is unkind with you. Or maybe it's a bully or what have you, or a parent. Or, okay? And you're trying to be nice, and you're trying to be everything that they want. And they take advantage of you in their and they're mean to you. 
we are inclined to hang on to the rule. We've assumed it to be true. It's our model of the world. It's a map of how we operate with other people. And we don't question it. That's the thing about a belief. It's unquestioned. It's so unquestioned, it's so assumed, we don't even think that there's any other possibility. And in a way, we don't even think about it at all. We don't even know the rules there. We just see this person being unkind to us, and we're like, this doesn't make any sense. They don't make any sense. I'm doing everything right. I'm nice to them, and they're still mean to me. What's the matter? Maybe I need to be more nice. You see, we reinvest in the rule. We don't question it. We don't kind of go through this math and like, well, maybe this rule doesn't apply to this person. Maybe they have anger issues and maybe they were traumatized or maybe they are getting off and feeling better by being abusive because they have to let out this anger that they can't do at home. You know, we don't process that way. We're just so frustrated that we're so trying so hard to be nice, harder and harder and harder. Because we're still clinging to the rule, the belief. If I'm nice to them, they'll be nice to me. And we've assumed it applies everywhere all the time to everyone. But it's a lie, it doesn't. And as we cling to it, it makes us more frustrated about this person, more angry at ourselves, maybe we're doing it wrong, we aren't doing enough, we aren't enough, we aren't good enough. We should try harder. We come up with all these other added layers. And we're doing this because the belief is controlling our attention. The belief, if we're nice to others, they'll be nice to us, is telling us to continue trying to behave that way, continue trying to be nice, no matter what, it will work. And if it's not working, there must be something wrong with us or our application, or we're not nice enough and we need to do more, maybe we should bake them cookies. And do you see how we build whole sorts of levels of reactions and frustrations and stories about ourselves not being enough because we, this belief is controlling us. It's dictated the direction we have to go. This is one little belief we learn when we're four years old. And, it see, and you then see how that belief controls your attention and causes all the other stories trying to make sense of this world, which you have no chance because you started with the wrong premise. You started with a lie, a very good lie, but it's a lie. Sociopaths are not nice to you if you're nice to them. Psychopaths are not nice to you if you're nice to them. People who are overwhelmed and angry and stressed about their life don't have the emotional bandwidth to all of a sudden switch and go, 
oh, hi, hi there, I'll give you some attention and be kind with you because they're already overwhelmed with something else in their life. It might work sometimes with them, it might not. But this idea that you're going to control people's behavior is a lie. It will work sometimes, so it will appear true to keep the hypnosis going until you question it. But then if you pair it all back and you go, you know what, I've been operating with this assumption, this belief, that if, they're, if I'm nice to them, they'll be nice to me, and frankly, it's not true. It not, doesn't work with this person. And you change that. Now, all of a sudden, all your choices about what you do with them are completely different. And you're no longer frustrated that they're mean to you. You expect them to be mean to you. It's like that's their behavior. They're operating by their rules. And your suffering stops. Because you're no longer clinging to a lie. And that lie, that belief, is no longer directing your attention and therefore your behavior and your actions. Do I make sense? Okay. That's how this, you would use this tool of using your attention to control your beliefs works. And now I'm going to up the game. There's an assumption of some sort we grow up in this world with. If you follow the rules, are good, work hard, you'll become a success, and you'll live happily ever after. There might be a lot more layers to that. And that might have been reinforced, and you've practiced it in every class, for every test, trying to get a good grade, to be a success, to be good enough, so that you get praised and appreciated, and you get rewarded with your report card. And it's reinforced, and they love you because you're so smart, and you're so successful, and you did so well, and you feel loved. So it feels like this is totally working. If I just keep working hard and I get good grades and I do the right thing and I follow all the rules, I'm going to be a success, I'm going to be a winner, and I will be happy. And if I break the rules, I deserve to be punished. I'm a bad person. I'm a loser, and those other people who break the rules, they're bad people. And they don't deserve happiness, they don't deserve rewards.
They deserve to suffer, actually. They should be punished. Do you feel that you've got some version of this in expanded multi-layer form and reinforced maybe thousands of times growing up in your life and you've been living by that? <clears throat> okay. That's the mental model belief that has many layers and dynamics to it about how to live a good life and that how you'll end up being happy and maybe even happily ever after in the story because you rescued the princess or you fought the dragons and took on the challenges, what have you. So that's much bigger than if you're nice to people, they'll be nice to you. <laughs> this is kind of dictating to how you live your whole life, but also that this is how the world works. If you do this in the world, you will be rewarded with success and happiness. That's how you become happy or at peace, or whatever is the term for you. Satisfying, fulfilling life. Now, what if that belief is a lie? What if you're trying to get good grades, trying to be good enough, trying to do all the right things, trying to be perfect, but son of a gun, it hasn't resulted being happy, just like being good to another person, hasn't resulted in them being nice to you. What if we're following the wrong map about how to live a good life or be happy? What if this doesn't always work this way? Sure, for the most of the things in our life, yes. Just like being kind to most people, they're kind to us. But what if this doesn't work all the time? And that we need another model for understanding what's happening in life. To why we get all this frustration and things don't work out the way we thought. Hmm. What if there's a different model for the world and for life and purpose? Okay. And I'm going to share with you one just to try it on. You can throw it away in 24 hours or 72 hours. You can go contemplate it for about the next year or two <laughs> and see, really explore trying it just as a practice of using your attention to control your beliefs. If you just use it for that, it'll be worthwhile. Just to see that you can take your paradigms and your map and you can move them around to your benefit as opposed to having your these beliefs control your attention. So just to use it as an exercise. Let's assume that that's a lie. Doing good by what other people said is good, rules, perfection, does not lead to happiness. Doesn't necessarily lead to success. And falling in love doesn't lead to happily ever after. Because if I look around the world, that model doesn't work. Successful people aren't happy. People who do good things aren't necessarily fulfilled. 
that model doesn't map to reality. If we look around at reality, the way people are living and what they're feeling, they suffer. First noble truth, there's lots of suffering in people and humanity. So what if there's another model? We try this on. We're supposed to suffer. We're supposed to experience pain. It's a part of life. It's maybe even something we've come here to do in this world. It's part of this experience. Maybe even the lies we've been told and experiencing the lies is part of this experience. That we'd fall for the lies about you know, being perfect will make you happy. Successful, good enough. And what if this world is, um, well, let's call it hell. The case, the place we go to where we suffer a lot. Some people suffer that feels like forever. Every day feels like forever suffering. It's not that it is an eternity, but it feels like an eternity. And maybe that's not the problem. That in this greater purpose of whatever this creation is, that's okay. What really becomes a problem is we really cling and stay stuck in our suffering because maybe we have the wrong belief or our beliefs control our attention. It's part of why we stay stuck. But really in the grand scheme is we've come here in this creation to experience love and happiness and joy and suffering and pain and to navigate our way out and that there's a purpose for the pain part. There's a purpose for the heartbreak, the feelings of abandonment or shame, anxiety, frustration, anger. I'm not saying this is true, but try this on. That in the journey for you as a human being, your journey has to include going into the world, building a, building a cocoon of beliefs, building a false world. And just like the caterpillar has to break free of the cocoon, for you to take the next stage of the journey, you have to break free of that cocoon. You have to break the shell of your understanding you've built. And the only reason you would want to go through that work what will motivate you to go through that work is it's painful to stay where you are. It's painful to stay in the cocoon. Now some people might get inspired by love and change their whole beliefs that way, but if you don't take the message, some people need to be pushed with a stick, some kind of suffering. Go, you need to move on. <laughs> you need to get out of this shell of the cocoon so you can breathe and live, grow your wings and fly. 
pain can be a motivator. Most people move, use that motivator, say, when they have a false belief of like reinvesting in the belief and trying harder to get that other person to like them. They keep the belief and they keep the behavior and they try and make it bigger and stronger, which causes more pain and frustration. No, the pain is to motivate you to look at the belief and say, that's got to go. Maybe perfection and success and what other people are doing because they think it's great and they've all been hypnotized with the same story of this is how you be a success and live happily ever after. Maybe that's not for me. Maybe I need to look at these beliefs and set myself free from suffering, get control of my attention. Because there's another kind of journey to take that isn't just buy a bigger house and have a bigger 401k and whatever the vacations are of the month, okay? Maybe yours is a journey of consciousness and awakening from that shell of understanding and hypnosis. So there's a few things in here, right? This is changing the belief that your, your pain and your suffering, your unhappiness, it's not wasted. It's not pointless. It's not something to hate. It's something to look at and say, okay, it's telling me to move on. And maybe I need to move on in the direction of looking at this core shell of lies that needs to change instead of trying to be more perfect, successful, supposed to. So you've got to change that as the solution. And this whole thing that society is living by about what you're supposed to be and should and success and achieving goals. Following that was naturally going to lead to feeling frustration and disappointment and malaise and disillusionment. And that you needed to experience that so you know what that dream's about. So you can take the next step and let go of that pursuit, let go of that set of beliefs, and build one maybe that matches really how the world operates. and that there's a purpose to your pain if you decide to use it for that as a motivator instead of a problem.
and that the world is not designed for everybody to grow up and be happy. That this creation acts more like a hell where people suffer until they get it and they're like, no, I need to change my dream. And that starts with getting control of my attention so I can look at these beliefs and shift them and substitute them with more truth instead of lies. This makes sense. You with me? So yeah, there's a few beliefs that I'm inviting you to let go of for a while and substitute some other ones. Oh, and that there's a purpose for all those emotions you're feeling but that you don't have to stay stuck in them once you realize what to do with them. They aren't there to keep you trapped forever. They're there to move you forward. So you can get on with getting out of the cocoon, get on to the butterfly business, and growing your wings. This is Gary Van Warmerdam with the Awareness and Consciousness podcast from pathwaytohappiness.com asking the question, do your beliefs control your attention or do you use your attention to control your beliefs? And if you want to change to the latter, having the power to over your attention to control your beliefs. You can find out the skills to do this through the self-mastery course at my website, pathwaytohappiness.com. Happy hunting.